Welcome to worship at Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Rebecca Duke Barton, the pastor. We have an exciting day in our church today as we have been renovating the sanctuary for four months. And today it's complete and we're dedicating the sanctuary to the glory of God. I think about Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. My husband Garth and I like to watch shows about travel. He likes things like Cities of the Underworld and Great Escapes with Morgan Freeman. I've been watching Morgan Freeman just enough to watch the one about Alcatraz because, of course, the Anglin brothers have Georgia roots. But in general, I'd rather see places in Europe. So I like Samantha Brown as she travels around and shows us all the beautiful places in Europe. But there's another difference, too. I watch the shows and think of all of the beautiful places we could go. Garth likes to watch because he thinks, what a cheap way to travel. Now we don't have to go. I went to seminary in Washington, D.C. for the very spiritual reason that I was 22 and wanted an adventure. And it was an adventure. But sometimes I got ready to come back to Georgia. Now, I know I'm going to date myself. I made a mixtape of songs from my Aunt Robbie's collection for the 12-hour drive home. So I put on the tape, Midnight Train to Georgia, Georgia on my mind, sitting on the dock of the bay, which starts off, I left my home in Georgia, some good Otis Redding there. I even added Sweet Home Alabama and Going to Carolina in my mind because those are Georgia adjacent. I was so excited about going home that I wanted to sing about it. There's something about coming home that makes us want to sing about it. We see that in the book of Psalms as well. By the time of the second temple period, the ancient Jewish people lived all over Israel, all over the Mediterranean world, in fact. But when it came time for the yearly religious celebrations, they would go to Jerusalem. They had particular songs they would sing. We have 14 of them in our Bible. They're called the Songs of Ascents because you would sing them as you went up, ascended to Jerusalem. Anytime you go to Jerusalem, you're going up. The songs often focus on the most important place in Jerusalem, the temple, the house of the Lord. This is where we'll pick up one of the songs of ascents, Psalm 122. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, build as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace, the shalom of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Shalom be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, shalom be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is one of the songs that the pilgrims would have chanted as they journeyed toward Jerusalem. I imagine people from the outer edges of the country leaving early in the morning. I imagine these pilgrims, as they passed each new village, would call out to other people, let's go to the house of the Lord. The group got bigger and bigger, and the singing got louder and louder, until they got to Jerusalem and Mount Zion. Zion was the mountain where the temple was built. We have some of our own songs about it, marching to Zion, the holy city. This is the image from the Psalms that Jerusalem is the city where God is. 
And of course, Mount Zion is an actual place where the actual temple was built. It's the place that the tribes of the Lord went to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For the pilgrims who would have sung this song, the temple symbolized God's presence in the world. It was a reminder that God isn't way off somewhere. God is with us. We've said many a time over the last two years that the church is not the building. I agree with that. It's the song we learn as kids. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. But as Emily P. Freeman points out, the building we call the church is often the place where we find the church, our people, our tribe. Weren't you glad when someone said to you, let's go to the house of the Lord? It's the place we give thanks for what God has done and pray for those who need God's presence. Years of prayers lifted up, wedding vows exchanged, babies baptized, revival services. The presence of God is in the room. In that sacred place, we find an inner peace that comes from being in God's presence. Somebody said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord when I was about a week old. It's an invitation to come and be part of the body of Christ. The psalmist invites us to pray for that peace that passes all understanding, not just for ourselves, but for this world that God so loves. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the psalm says. Because Jerusalem was such a central place in the hearts of the Israelite people, they believed that if things were good in Jerusalem, they would be good everywhere. My friend Ruth went to Israel and brought home a map from the Middle Ages. It looked like three petals of a flower. Can you picture it? Coming from the center of the flower, Africa, Asia, Europe, and Jerusalem right in the center. They didn't know about us in North America. Even hundreds of years after this psalm was written, they still saw Jerusalem as the center of the world. So our psalmist writes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Because peace in Jerusalem, in the center, meant peace everywhere. God's plan for peace is in the very name of the city. It is Yerushalom. Shalom in Hebrew means peace. Jerusalem is intended by God to be a city of peace. When the psalm says pray for peace, for shalom, it doesn't just mean to pray for the absence of war. That word looks like so much more. I often heard well-known speaker Evelyn Laycock say that shalom means everything from peace to wholeness to a greeting to happy Groundhog Day. That's where the rest of the prayer comes in. The psalmist says pray for peace, and that means wholeness and prosperity and security as well. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. What this psalm says to me is what we can expect to find in the house of the Lord. Prosperity, peace, security, shalom. Isn't that what we experience at church? This is why Paul in Philippians writes about the peace of God, which passes all understanding that comes through Jesus Christ. I know I feel it in our church at Jessup First United Methodist Church. We are experiencing the riches of God's glory, the peace that passes understanding, the security of knowing that we belong to God. I pray that as you're listening to the podcast, you have a church where you experience that sense of wholeness and peace. 
And just like watching Samantha Brown enjoying the Eiffel Tower is not the same as being there ourselves. It's not enough to think, well, it's nice that the house of the Lord is there. I've driven by it. I hope that every Sunday finds you standing within the gates of the house of the Lord. People need Jesus. You need Jesus. And he reliably shows up where the church gathers in the building that we call the church. Our challenge, though, is that we'll worship together. We'll eat and visit and relive happy, holy times and study the Bible and sing songs. And then we'll leave and go out into a world that isn't peaceful. Some of you will go to work tomorrow and you'll feel insecure about your job. And you'll wonder what happened to the peace and security and prosperity that I felt in church. Some of you will go into homes and face struggles or broken relationships. Where is that shalom? Where is that sense of wholeness? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. These words were obviously written in a happier time for Jerusalem. The psalm says Jerusalem is a city bound firmly together. It's a place where people can come to worship God at the temple and not be afraid. But Jerusalem is anything but peaceful these days. We can't really live in peace and wholeness and prosperity if there is fighting and brokenness and poverty elsewhere in the world. So God understood, even back then, that sense of need for us to experience God's hope and wholeness and spread it out into the world. So how do you hold on to God's peace in a world that isn't peaceful? The psalmist tells us this, the best way to maintain God's prosperity, peace, and security is to go out and spread it around. Members of the body of Christ bring God's peace in places where we might not find it otherwise through the gifts that manifest throughout the body. Remember, the people are the church. If the church wants to be an instrument of God's shalom, it's the members who function as the body of Christ out in the world. We experience God's peace and take it out from here. So first we pray for it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The house of the Lord that this psalm celebrates was destroyed in 70 AD, but a single wall from the temple still stands, the western wall of the temple. It's often called the Wailing Wall. People still go there to pray. They put little slips of paper into the cracks. I understand so many prayers have been put in the cracks that it's almost filled up. Jerusalem is still a city of prayers. We pray first. We pray continuously. But the final verses of the psalm give us something else to do. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, Shalom be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. I love a good strong verb. I will seek your good. The psalmist isn't going to sit passively by and think, Maybe if I just stay home, Something good might happen. There are times to wait in stillness for the Lord, but not when we're called to be part of the mission. The psalmist is going to actively seek the good of Jerusalem. And why? This is important. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God. Remember, the house of the Lord represented the presence of God in the world. Isn't that exactly what church people should be about? The church exists to tell people about the riches of God's glory. 
the security, the blessed assurance of God and that peace that passes understanding that comes through Jesus Christ. The psalm suggests that the listeners should seek the peace of the city for those who need the temple. So bringing that into a Christian context, why do we need to be church people? For our own sake, certainly, we rejoice in coming into the house of the Lord. But we also need to be the people of the church, the body of Christ, so that others can come to experience the riches of God's grace, so that others can experience what we've experienced here. The psalmist said, for the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, Shalom be within you. The psalmist isn't just concerned about the temple for its own sake, but for the sake of those around him. You see, he knows that his relatives and friends need the house of the Lord too. My father, who is a retired United Methodist minister, tells a great story about a minister's We Care mission several years ago. It's a sort of revival with a whole group of ministers who come in. So they were talking about how the church should go out and reach the community. And then they would come back to the church and do some training. So they broke up into small groups. And in one session, they handed out paper cups to everybody in the small group. And so my dad said, do to this cup what you'd like to see done to your church. And then everybody was going to get a chance to explain their cup. So some people filled it up because they wanted people to come. They wanted the church to be full. They poured water in to say that they wanted to be full of the living water. One man, though, took his and tore it into little tiny bits. My father kind of groaned inside. He was watching it come around to this man, and he knew they were all about to get an earful. But when it came time for the man to talk, he showed his torn up cup that he cups together in his hands, and he said, I made my church in pieces so I can spread it around so I can let more people experience what I've experienced here. We need the church. People need the church. Your relatives and friends need the church, even if they don't know it. Because the church is the body of Christ in the world, living out the mission of Christ. They need to be a part of the body of Christ. They need that sense of shalom and peace that only comes from God. So, friends, I invite you. You be the person who says to someone else, let us go into the house of the Lord. They will be glad that you did. Will you pray with me? Our loving God, how lovely is your dwelling place. When Solomon dedicated the first temple, you said this, For now I have chosen and consecrated this house so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. Consecrate the church, O Lord, and consecrate our lives to your service. May we be the body of Christ in this world. As we have prepared a dwelling place for you, we renew our commitment to serve Christ and support his church through our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. May it be so, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.